0: It brings us to our final step of uh, stewarding all of my life for the glory of God. And part of what I want us to see is that life is not about what we avoid. Life is about what we pursue. And when we get into a study like this, where we're talking about avoiding depression and anxiety for an extended period of time, life can become so fixated on what we're avoiding that we forget what we're pursuing. Uh, The way that just is most natural for me to think about this, uh, I think about when uh, my friends and I would play tag as kids. And one of our favorite places to play tag was at my Sunday school teacher's house. Um, It was a really bad idea uh, because he lived on a major bluff next to the Mississippi River. Uh, And so there was the end of his house, about 10 feet, and then a 40-foot bluff that went to water with a little rickety wooden gate uh, right there in front of it. And we loved to play spotlight tag, which meant we were at night running around in dark. Uh, And and we were playing that, and and again, I was running, I was not it, I was running from the person who was it, and also in his yard was a telephone pole. That's not what got me. Uh, It was the line off the grounding wire. Uh, And as I was running, just scooby-doo style, and bam! Um, and, And when we run... Focused on what we're running from, several things happen. One, we, don't tend to, we can't see what we're about to run into. The obstacles that are coming, we don't notice. Our stride doesn't tend to be true, and, and so we, um, we're not running as fast as we can. And, and then we just we're kind of out of balance, and so we're not running in a straight line. We tend to be kind of wobbly. If, on the other hand, we know what we are going to, then we run and our stride is true. If there are obstacles, we can avoid them. Uh, And we run in a straight line unless there is something to be avoided. Now, does that mean we're never going to get caught? No. There's going to be times when we trip and we fall, and sure. But it is a much more effective way to play the game. That is the point uh, of step nine. Uh, The removal of sin is not all that we're after. We are about the pursuit of what God has called us to. And that's why I give you just a couple of thoughts here. To steward something means to use it for God's intended purpose. It is important to remember that what is being stewarded is your life, not merely the experience of overcoming depression and anxiety. To think otherwise would be to divine yourself by your struggle again. You know, sometimes people, when they're coming out of a significant struggle, they think, how is God going to use this? And they limit to themselves of how God is going to use them by just using that experience. Again, If God uses you with this material or something else to care for other people who struggle with depression and anxiety, I think that's great. I just don't want you to feel like you're limited to that. Um... Any number of purposes that God may have designed your life for before the foundation of the world are absolutely fully available and should be considered. And so another aspect of of thinking about sin as it comes to stewarding life. Sin is a parasite that lives off of stolen resources. Resources like time, energy, love that were intended for other purposes as we rid ourselves of this vile intruder, those resources upon which sin once indulged become available for God's design and our true enjoyment. This whole idea of stewardship is ultimately that pinnacle where purpose and worship and joy meet. When we have been battling with depression and anxiety, we're not concerned about the emotions. We're saying those at that part of our life is no longer available for Satan to use for our destruction. It is now in God's hands to use for our joy and the benefit of others. And we just want a reclamation project of okay, no, that doesn't belong to you anymore. We're putting it over here. Uh, and I give you nine questions. And, and these are questions that really are the kinds of questions... That only you can answer. And it would be different for everybody here. Um, am I willing to commit my life to whatever God asks? Uh, what roles have I neglected that God has placed me in? The first part of stewarding life well is usually just fulfilling those first roles that God has placed us in. For me, that would be the role of husband and father, of um, pastor, uh, of Professor. Uh, that uh, if depression and anxiety were something that were disrupting to a point and I was getting back to going, how do I steward my life? The first place that I would look at is just, how do I fulfill those roles well? Um, what are my spiritual gifts? What groups of people am I burdened for? Just what are some of the unique burdens and passions that, when I hear that talked about, it, it churns at a different place in me? What talents and abilities has God blessed me with? What are my unique life experiences? One of those may be a prolonged struggle with depression and anxiety, but what else? What are some of those other facets of life that God might want to say, I want to redeem that in beautiful ways? Where do my talents and passion match up with the needs in my church and my community? Uh, And then... How might God bring these things together to glorify Him? It's just kind of a brainstorming exercise when we go, what is so satisfying that I could pursue it in such a way that it would be a holy distraction from the kinds of things that just bog me down in these experiences of depression and anxiety. Yet, um, Henry Nguyen, he says, we seldom realize fully that we're sent to fulfill a God-given task. Well, If we don't realize that, how do we live? We act as if we were simply dropped down in creation and now have to decide how to in- entertain ourselves until we die. But we were sent into the world by God, just as Jesus was. Once we start living our lives with that conviction, we will soon know what we were sent to do and again Ed Welch summarizing that differently know the kingdom and seek that is the alternative to worry how do I how do I get rid of the question what if what if this what if that that prone me to worry and to depression I begin to ask the question why did you put me here what would be satisfying enough that would fulfill your design that when I got to the end of my days that I could gaze into the eyes of the one who matters most? And hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You ran well. You ran through many a quagmire. You ran through some tar pits. You ran through some spots where, where you ran scared. But you ran well. You finished the race that I set before you. I am proud. Come, enter my rest. Know my joy. Let's do eternity together. That's what we're after. That's the ultimate answer. And I think that's the kind of thing that, if you would, I'd just like to pray for us and say, God, do that in us and on our behalf. Lord, we come to you. We come to you as those who are easily frightened and easily overwhelmed. We come to the, you as those who need you. And we want we want to enjoy that. We want to rest in our need for you. We want to see that as a blessing and a refuge. And Lord, that from that rest, You would give us the courage uh, to embark on God-sized task. And if that first task is, is engaging a struggle with depression and anxiety, uh, I pray that You would show Yourself faithful in that. Uh, that You would uh, show Yourself stronger than our fears. That we could doubt our fears and realize that they lie. Uh, but You are the source of truth. And then in whatever ways that you see fit after that, you would allow us to become ambassadors for that truth as we've become increasingly committed and and just personally, intimately knowing the veracity of it. Lord, we, we know that you're able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. In your name we pray. Amen.